Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, my name he and him. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. Yeah, unusual running order tonight, but David decided he wanted a night off, so I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, we're, we're steering this, let's go. I'm sitting at the back uh, of the class today. Yeah, just <laughs> clapping at random intervals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, we may have had some trouble syncing we've, this episode We've, up, we've quite literally wheeled the television in front of the classroom and said, right, well, we're doing this today. <laughs> that is very much the vibe. What class is this geography? Right. <laughs> Gerald Butler it is. Right, yep. everybody, uh, get your Atlas of Afghanistan out and we will learn many things. Yeah, every, everyone get your big rock of Afghanistan out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are we are doing another Jerry Race Wars film, and uh, spoilers: this one, this one of his films Sucks. actually does suck. It's so yeah. bad; it's, it's genuinely a, terrible. It's a full return back to form to, for, for oh, big yeah. old Jerry Race Wars. Oh, yeah. After that last one we watched, which was kind of like mediocre, and there, this is like proper return to to, to the yeah, Clash of Civilizations. Steven Seagal has done it again. Yeah. <laughs> I wish a second plane had hit the podcast instead, but here we are. Yeah. Mm. No, we are tonight. We are talking about Kandahar. Um, it's another. Which... It's another one of the films where you get like half an hour in before you finally like get a, a firm answer on whether or not he's trying to do an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's uh, this is this is not a good film, but the ideology is piled thick and fast. It is. Uh, it, it's a hell of a thing. Um, there is, however, we all have like a collective mind blank about an hour in because it is not a well-paced film, no. as we will get to. It is a very... Po- Can I just say, like, by way of introduction... So two yesterday, hours long! So yesterday, <laughs> I went to the, uh, the cinema, right? And I watched, and I had a lovely, you know, break in the middle. Uh, I watched... Um, <laughs> the- <laughs> I watched the latest Mission Impossible, the Dead Reckoning Part One, which is like an excellent action movie. It's really well paced. It like it. There's some bits in it. There's a car chase that's like really there's really some good. Bits in it. Five stars out of five. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like a really good. You think like, it was a fucking car- marmalade? Like, <laughs> pick the bits out of that one. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Rob putting his hand up in the cinema, calling the waiter over and saying, "Excuse me, I specifically requested bits in this." Yeah, to no, be fair, he's like not excellent like, rating this based on like... the quality of the sushi in the middle. So, like, there's, <laughs> there's like really good car chase. There's like good, you know, action sequences. It's it's the pacing is excellent. Like it just it alternates really well. The camera work is incredible. And then this afternoon, I watched this pile of fucking shit, which just. As far as I can, can tell, makes half the uh, the Afghanistan desert out of cars, and then the rest is Gerard Butler. It just <laughs> anyway. So I it was, was especially... a bit. It was a bit shite, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah it really <laughs> yes. was. I will say, like, whilst I was watching it, there was one thing. I messaged Jamie. And I said, "Oh, I'll give it credit for this one thing, which is at least it doesn't do that horrible yellow kind of you know color grading over every." And literally, as I was typing that, it started doing it. And I was like, what the fuck? For the love of God. You, you know, it's impossible to say anything in the Middle East without reaching for the big yellow highlighter to go over the entire screen. I still blame Breaking Bad for this shit. Yeah. It was, it was pre-Breaking Bad, but yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty. They normalised it. it. It's, 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 it's only point. came out this year. 
<laughs> what I what I will say is that it was very aggravating because there were scenes earlier on set in Iran, which we'll get to in a minute, listener. Iran's that, a different place. Yeah. That means well, no, it's got a different colour. That's how it works. Less they, yellow, yeah. they started colour grading Iran like five minutes in, though. Like, I mean, that's the thing yeah, that annoys me. But that's, what, that's why the difference is with the new series are justified. Because it's all in Detroit, it's blue. Everything's very blue. And that's how you know it's oh. in Detroit. I just, I hate this. I hate this. It's, it's the I didn't even notice. The, didn't even notice the colour grading because the film was so dark. We had to like turn out all the lights and shut our eyes to get rid of it the It was so dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was incredibly there, there is a dark. night sequence. There is a night sequence where they committed to method acting. It's really quite, uh, it's no, quite something. Because like all the method acting is like mumblecore acting. I had like the sound balancing is so <laughs> well, fucking off as well. What you needed, what you needed was Amazon's like fucking 100% accurate subtitles. Oh, oh yeah, my god, the subtitles. They were so good. <laughs> they were it was like Nick had written them. They were just fucking all over the place. Like. <laughs> I love I love I love to get the, one bit where he was know, talking about his Arga. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the call uh. to Pario. <laughs> Who's Pario? <laughs> okay. So picture the fucking uh, the guy in Terminator Two saying that as he tortures Sarah Connor, you know. <laughs> it's it's what we're getting at, listeners. It's not a good film, but it is a fascinating film to me anyway. It fucking sucks. So, so yeah, it fucking it's sucks, bad. man. You're too easily amused by like American idiocy, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's, not, it's it's got a, it's got a huge mountain to climb to reach the lofty heights of the second has fallen film. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, yeah. the only thing that I found sort of vaguely interesting about it is, like, plot-wise, it is clearly someone with a brain injury who has half-remembered, like, some news items of the last yes. 20 years about Afghanistan. Yes, it is a... It's a dumb. It's a dumb guy's idea of what a smart guy would take, you know, take as foreign policy, like, realpolitik. It's, uh... You know... It, what if it's Tom Clancy fell down the stairs? <laughs> Again... I mean, like if you just ran some cables through the through the currently decaying Tom Clancy, you could probably write this. Yeah, like you know what? It wasn't. No, it wasn't no, very no, Tom Clancy though. Because they, they all just used normal guns, and their night vision only had like one one goggle on it. You know what I mean? No, they had like no, no, no. Their night vision goggles, like the uh, the 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 Iranian bad guy in the chopper, had like seventeen different ones. You know, they are... <laughs> look, Rob. I'm sorry, but the like, most important, the most important like... piece of headgear, the most important piece of headgear anyone wore were the yes. enormous baseball caps. Yes. At the, yeah. right at the start of the film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of the start of the film, thank you, Alistair. Um, let's let's set us up here. So the film opens with like the a biggest shot. baseball caps you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. You could land it's... a fucking like. Aircraft on those fucking things—they're so yeah. big. You could you could refine mm. uranium in that baseball cap, and maybe they will. <laughs> well, we will get there. So it's um it's set it's set beside like a you know a through road. Um, there is a underground like it looks like a telecommunications it's a junction like box. bit. It's a BT it... guy. I mean that is it, but it's like this you know it's it's down in like a well inexplicably on the side of the road. Like he's got to climb down, and there's like you know there's a bunch a of it's a bunch it doesn't of like arms. sand. It's a bunch of armed men, like making a, like watching a fucking open reach van work. 
<laughs> yeah, like when you get sick of your fucking broadband, just like not fucking, they've been out six times and they still haven't fixed it, and you just decide. What, what if you? It's time to what call if you the replaced? Army. It's what if called Revolutionary Guard or BT. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that. This is this is what we're at. It's the Revolutionary Guard <laughs> threatening Iran Vodafone of... customer services with Cuds Force. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What if you took the, the phones off the nine supervisors and replaced them with AK forty sevens? Yeah. <laughs> What's that, Ahmed? Gerard Butler has fallen down the well again. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Revolutionary Guard are standing around watching Gerard Butler and his like sidekick, who I'm sure Jamie recognises from another film. Um, oh, well, I think as this was his first motion picture appearance. Oh, sure, and his last. He... What a shame. Yeah, he's, <laughs> been, <laughs> no, he's, been, in, he's been in stuff. Probably. Extremely forgettable versus the hats, though. Like That's just yeah. all, all I can, all I yeah. can see. And like as has been pointed out to death here, uh, both of the contractors are wearing the "I am not shady, pay no attention to me, I am a working man" massive fucking hats. No, they're not. Um, the guards were wearing them. The guards were wearing the hats. Yeah, Did we watch the guards... different films, James. Yeah, <laughs> they, had, they had hats on too. Yeah, they the had sunglasses. hats on too, but those aren't what I'm interested in. Those hats were yeah, normal. Okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those were lowercase hats. Yeah, <laughs> we want the fucking guards hat. The ones where they look like fucking Big Bird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they decapitated Donald Duck and wore his beak like as a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jared Butler's underground. He's working on like a bunch of telecoms in a normal cables. hat. Sure, uh, he sends his apprentice away to go grab a cutting tool, and whilst he's away, he opens his uh, what you call it flashlight. He takes out like uh, what looks like some kind of we you know. Uh, Technical it's a interception device. Yeah, it's a doodad, McGuffin, basically. Yeah, whatever. And then he, he cuts a telecoms cable and inserts the cable into either end of it and like patches it together. And then we cut to Langley, so presumably, where the CIA suddenly go live with all the... Immediately they're in and they can see the entirety of an underground nuclear refinement oh, no, facility. They don't, just, yeah. they don't just go live, James. They go live to the Iran Mission Center, comma, CIA, comma, Langley. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Butler sends him a text with um, bad American but not American hacker voice. I'm in. Yes. Someone, someone actually says, "Wow, even the cooling towers are underground," which is like just the greatest <laughs> fucking line in cinema. For me. <laughs> it's really excellent. <laughs> just so um, fucking so okay. He, pa- he patches it together. Um, that meanwhile, also in the center, the guy's like, "Okay, wait till they give us be all clear before we start." And meanwhile, like Jared Butler climbs out. Um, unexpectedly early, and this psychically tips off the Iranian guard that are up to no good, and they say a fairly intelligent thing, which is, show us what you've done, like, show us where you were literally working. Which, yeah, what's great is how they solve this conflict, because they're pointing the AKs going, show us what you've done, and he reaches in his pocket, and he's like, what? And he's like, no, no, it's just my phone. He pulls out his phone, and opens football on his phone, and goes, look, you've now got high-speed internet. You can watch I mean, the football. And I mean, to be fair, if I if I was working for like the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, I would not trust a fucking Scottish guy working for a Swiss communications company that was in Iran for some reason. Yeah, this this is why oh, yeah. I was just baffled the whole way. It's like, do they not have Iranian subcontractors that can, like, I don't know, patch a telephone cable or something? Right. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, This is Britain. Yeah, fair Show enough. me a company that's British owned. <laughs> Show me one. <laughs> Name one, I'll yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. 
We should have the f we okay. should have uh, have the British phones repaired by the uh, by the Kurds force. That that's only fair. Like just as a, as an exchange. I mean, they couldn't do a worse fucking job than BT. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, through the the mystical power of football and them all literally gawking at his phone like they've never seen a football match before. Yeah. Uh, they let well done, go. Gerald Butler. You have baffled the simple Persian mind. Congratulations. Yes. With an MP4. <laughs> the best thing about that though is like he could have just gone down the hole and shown them any bit of cable other than the one he yeah. fucked with do you know yeah. it was like miles of the shit down there he could have just gone oh you see this fucking this like joint here yeah that was me look at how look at how fucking jointy it is and that guy yeah. presumably doesn't know fucking first fucking thing about like telecoms engineering or he'd be yeah. doing it himself <laughs> you know what I mean like so thus ends our, our little kind of intro bit uh, they get in the van they drive away he sends the text to be all clear, and they uh, they set to work. And um, oh, they yeah, don't just like... set to work. I wrote this out again. Some guy in the uh, Iran mission center uh, writes <laughs> writes on his writes on his important computer execute dot dot launch. So that's how you know it's serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with an extremely unrealistic loading bar. Like I know no this. It's it... a Unix system. <laughs> <laughs> it's very that vibe. Um, they head back to a safe house in a nearby city, um, you know, and then he gets up on the roof and calls his his, his family, he calls at this point, I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's his, um, it's his, his, his ex-family. Yeah, well, see, this is where we discover this is a divorce fantasy. Jared Butler is divorced in this one again. He's not, though. He's not because he hasn't signed the papers yet because it's his oh, prerogative sorry, to sorry. do so yes. when he wants. Yes, of course. Yes, of course, right. It's, it's not divorce until it's finalised. There's always a chance we'll get back together. Yeah, sure. there you go. There's the fantasy element. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he's, he's on the phone to his ex. Um, she's like, are you coming home? He's like, yeah, I'm getting the plane out tomorrow. Um, I'll be back in time for my daughter's graduation. Now there's a check on the Oh, don't even fucking start me. This pissed me off so much. This <laughs> yeah. fucking did my tits in. Stop it. It's bad enough that Gerald Butler has forgotten how to fucking talk. But don't make him pretend that there's such a thing as a high school graduation in the fucking UK. <laughs> fucking America, man. I just assumed it was meant to be university. No, because yeah. she's 17 years old. It's stated oh, yeah. like two oh, no. sentences after graduation because I was like, okay, that's a normal thing to say. I mean, and she, then it very suddenly was not a normal thing to say. Yeah, I mean, she could about... have been an adult, adult boss baby. Like, she could have graduated <laughs> university at 17. It's, you know, who knows? Well, no. the best thing about school slash college was that one day you just stop turning up. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can leave. Um, so as he's as he's watching, he finishes this conversation. He hangs up the phone, and then the most ludicrous fucking thing I've ever seen in cinema. If you have the slightest passing familiarity with the subject, unfolded as a fucking nuke went off in the facility. Because that's what the virus had done. It detonated all the centrifuges, causing a massive nuclear explosion underground. <laughs> yeah, that's a very choice that's use of words. Detonates the centrifuges. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. mm. So they actually, like Jamie pointed out, they do they reference Stuxnet during this, which was the um... when we watched it. My daughter was like fucking saying, she was saying like, well, like why would there be centrifuges in a nuclear, like actual nuclear power plant? And I was like, because they fucking they want to like imply that they're using Stuxnet. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, you know, it's it's that it's, it's ripped that Jason Bourne Jason Bourne ripped from the headlines thing. And then like um, five minutes later, they actually did mention Stuxnet. And 
the there's a journalist that like leaks some shit and someone oh. says it's worse than Snowden and WikiLeaks combined. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, get to the journalist subplot. So the the thing about this, like like the actual Stuxnet listener, right? It, what it did is it very slightly increased the you know spinning speed of all the centrifuges um, for all the uranium centrifuges, which caused their bell it bearings. Made the uranium, excuse me, their bot. It made the uranium too thin. <laughs> it, it wore out all the uh, ball bearings essentially um and you know they didn't realize until suddenly all the machines seized up that was it that was what the great plot did and it is like you know it wrecked like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment do you know what millions. it didn't do chernobyl too <laughs> yeah <laughs> this time with but, feeling <laughs> but no uh Instead, in this film, we get to see what is unambiguously an international war crime uh, take place. Like, you know, no, it's detonating... not. They're not at war. <sighs> detonating... I mean, to be fair, James, the first of at least two. <laughs> well, yes. Haha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> play along, listeners, see if you can spot the second one when it happens. Um, yeah, if you're, yeah play- so... if you're playing along at home. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it goes. Take out your Geneva um... Convention bingo card. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, t- Tony up. Blair didn't get one in the mail, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. All right. Now, <laughs> now we're hitting us, right? <laughs> so, it, the, the facility's totaled, and he's just like watching stoically from the rooftop, sort of thing. And then he, he kind of gets ready to head back home. Meanwhile, there is a subplot that no, Jamie has sorry, introduced. Sorry, I, I, I want to just step on your line briefly again. He doesn't just, like, Go on. watch Stogley from the rooftop. At first, he watches through, like, the world's biggest binoculars to see, like, the massive, <laughs> like, mushroom cloud that, like, you could clearly see from, like, fucking space. It's like, did you need the big binoculars just to see that, yes, indeed, it has a mushroom shape? Like, fucking... Yeah, he's watching for, like, one guy particularly dislikes to just be fired out of the fucking facility. <laughs> yeah, it's himself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine that when they were filming this, they said, okay, there's going to be an explosion, and then the CGI guys took it a little bit far, essentially. Um, but anyway, so this cuts to this subplot with a British journalist named Luna. Um, she is in Iran recording from the ground, doing like, you know, uh, recording to like video and then uh, yeah. uploading it sort of thing. Doing hagiography, basically. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very weird. Um, and she gets a call by some leaker who we later discover is in the Pentagon. Great, okay. And that's when the brilliant line comes up um, about, you know, the stuff that's, that they've been up to, all these, you know, CIA programs. It's worse than, you know, the stuff that's, what is it, worse than, worse stuff than Snowden, Snowden, Snowden and, and WikiLeaks combined. Yeah. I rolled um, my eyes even harder than I did when the guy told Tommy Lee Jones and Jason Bourne that it's worse than Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like fucking, just, just stop, like... I'm glad there's a writer's strike, quite frankly. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, they're, um, so the interesting thing is they have like some secure communication stuff going on. And then as soon as they're done talking, she immediately on an unsecure line dials back to Germany to her like, you know, boss's office and has a candid conversation on the phone. And it shows Get you... Get a load of this Iranian... leak that I just got hold of. Uh, yeah. And it shows you the Iranians intercepting that phone call and nodding seriously because they've been monitoring her. And it's like, okay, whatever. Sure. What was what was the um, name of the German paper that she works for again? Uh, the Vogelschippe Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know it was made up. I'm just wondering like, how made up was it? Was it like it was totally the off branch? 
Yeah, what? it ends up it in, the, in 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 the non Guardian Herald. Yeah, in, in the Guardian Herald yeah, the, for it, sure. It, it was definitely people were definitely talking about the Herald, and I didn't know whether it was the German spelling or just the subtitles being accurate. Again, <laughs> or or the Glasgow like... Herald, <laughs> <laughs> the German <laughs> office of the Glasgow Herald. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, um... I mean, my my favorite thing in that fucking phone call is where she says, uh, like, Iran abandons its nuclear pe- pledges to the Western powers, and it's like, oh yeah, I, yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure, that, but that's I don't the think way that's that how that happened. played out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, any day now. Yep. So we we can't. Oh, is it like gonna... twenty two years we've been here, and the Iran will have nukes any day now? Hmm. 40 minutes away at all times. Yeah. Or your money back. <laughs> so what's really interesting, I'm, I'm looking at a Wikipedia article to keep myself straight on this, and the Wikipedia article is actually wrong here. It's got the sequence of events wrong, comically so. Um, so what actually happens it's in the It's because film it's is, such a fucking badly put together film that they've had to edit it to make fucking sense. No, they haven't. Actually, the Wikipedia summary makes less sense. Um, you just said Wikipedia. Wikipedia. You just said Wikipedia. <laughs> Did I? Wikipedia mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Five hundred pages. Gerard Butler, but spelled with a three in the middle. <laughs> Jared went in a fight. A Wookie or Gerard Butler? <laughs> <laughs> that depends. Is the Wookie supposed to be some kind of denominational type? Of <laughs> <laughs> does the uh, does the weird clone Gerard Butler actually make pretty good films? Or... <laughs> Just, I'm just typing Kandahar into um, Wikipedia just now. I'm afraid Kandahar does not feature on the Wikipedia. Well, well I mean, your boots, man. It's not as important. As, it's not as important as breast. No. <laughs> so anyway, um, our, our hero Tom Harris, for that is Jared Butler's name in this, uh, leaves. And I, as soon as I heard that, I couldn't stop thinking about fucking Voyager. But that's just my brain disease. Um, he leaves Iran. En route to London via Dubai. Um, whilst he's in Dubai, his flight to London is delayed, and he decides to pay a visit to a CIA handler, Roman Chalmers. Um, <laughs> we get and... well, no, the 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 fucking the, the the guy from Vikings delays the plane and then texts him and tells him he'd like to come and see him while he's waiting. It's not the guy from Vikings, bizarrely. It's yeah, not. It's... It, it you'd think it is, but not according to the X-ray on Amazon. Tom well, Harris. Former Shadow Minister for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs of the United Kingdom. And you recognise the fucking name. Right, I'm going to quickly look up fucking IMDb. For I mean, this makes a lot because, of sense uh, that, like, the UK would send its best operatives from DEFRA. Like, I... I, I... Oh, no. I t- <laughs> I've just, I've just double-checked. Jamie, I'm wrong. It is, it is Travis Fimmel. So, okay. yeah. yeah. The CIA held DEFRA and they thought that's the guy to send to Iran. Right, so apparently what we've learned from this is the uh, Amazon X-ray for that scene is wrong because it didn't well, show I mean, him. Like, it's probably the Wikipedia. same guy that did the subtitles, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the <break> is overworked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so he goes to meet a CIA handler. Um, he's uh, The handler, Roman, is a Muslim convert. He's living under the outward pretense of a Dubai, being a Dubai socialite. Um, and like is, when he, is he, he actually so, a CIA agent? Because I kind of assumed that this was all like you know cool contract no, he is. stuff. He is. He's he's one of his. He's a cutout basically to you know, like he's the one who organizes the people who aren't officially on the CIA books essentially. 
Yeah, I um, <laughs> it's sort of explained later on. Like, why the like why the fuck is this Scottish guy in Iran doing yeah, stuff for the he's CIA? He's on loan from MI6. Yeah, on loan. Like, like he's a fucking footballer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? So it's like right. The actual, imagine a so, world. Imagine a world where once a year we get like secret agent transfer season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we do. Oh, don't give James um, ideas. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> You hailed. Yeah, just take it as red. <laughs> ah, staring at the, chalk, the cork board on my wall and the red string, and later, later. Okay. This <laughs> is. <laughs> 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 we love to have fun, don't we? <laughs> so the, yeah, when does that start? The, the podcast that loves to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh the the ideology is pretty thick here as well because as he's bringing them in in dubai they very much play up the ah oh, dubai is like the decadent excesses of the west kind of thing really hard including at this guy's pad where there's like a party going on and oh, like i mean like the outside outside the front of the house is like yeah, we, we, supercars. We've we skimmed over, the we skimmed over the duty free yeah oh god my god yeah haven't we <laughs> Which on, had then. which had by far my favourite shot in the entire fucking movie, <laughs> yeah. uh, where uh, we get some delicious pyramid bars. Yeah. Uh, imagine close, imagine being chased up, through no Silent Hill by one of those cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Forget about your Toblerone. Pyramid bar is where it's at. Oh fucking mm. hell. Like, how, how can you fucking go that hard on? We need to make sure everyone knows he's in an airport. Like, yeah. do you show planes? With, no. Do you show duty free? No. Do you show Toblerone? Yes. Can you get the rights to show oh, Toblerone? David. Probably not. <laughs> David, there was a little a little um, bit of paper that said, like, uh, Dubai duty free or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So, so they just I, did that unnecessarily. If they didn't put the, the bit of paper there saying Dubai duty free, you might think he was in the pound shop. So I, I looked into it. We just can't get rid of these pyramid bars. Well, Literally nobody pyramid, will take them. Well, the thing with pyramid bars, David, is that you have to buy them early because otherwise they don't pay out. So, get this, I looked into it. Um, that was an excellent sleeper off. joke from there, Rob. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're topping that one tonight, to be honest. <laughs> 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 So I did look into it, and it turns out the section about were filmed in Dubai's international airport, Whoa. and I suspect that was maybe part of the terms of them getting to use the space is showing off the duty free. I'm not even kidding. I did, I, you know, I, I googled to see if there was such a thing as a pyramid bar, and my my like ten second Google search didn't turn anything up. So I, I just have to be left in, with the assumption this was just a complete like invention. <laughs> Do you think he just ordered those custom Toblerones? <laughs> oh, I need to. I need to see the picture of that again. God damn! It's in the channel. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking. <sighs> no, those are those are those are dodgily printed and put together. You can tell that's not actual cardboard; that's printer paper. But I mean, you know, you can tell from the pyramids and having done some pyramids in my time. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's an early pyramid bar where it's slightly off kilter. <laughs> they perfected it in later editions. I'm glad we went back to the airport. Snafru's <laughs> pyramid bar. I mean, it's, 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 so, it's somebody's pyramid bar, but like... <laughs> It's hard to read. It's like, does that say like L something? Lucien? Something like that? Is it, is it Lucerno's maybe? Oh, if it's know. Lucien's pyramid bar, it's obviously the Louvre. That's it. <laughs> this is the halfway point of a different movie where it turns out that Christ is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Butler love- must stop him. I just love that the fucking the duty free the duty free sells three things. It's pyramid bar, a greeting card with flowers on, and a greeting card with for with a peanut graduating fucking college. You know what I mean? Yeah, he has to, he has to get that for his daughter because she's graduating from Scottish high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chekhov's duty free. Yeah, they have to, they have to explain where the where he gets the milk uh, milk chocolate eggs from in the later on in the film. <laughs> so, um, if you see if you see a duty free peanut graduating college in the first act, <laughs> can you tell this film was especially shit, listener? Because we are we are grabbing onto anything we possibly can. Like, <laughs> yeah, so far, so far, so far, we've got big hat, uh, <laughs> Iran to, nuclear well, pledges, and pyramid bar. To- Welcome to the action film. Make your own fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in Gerard like Butler. are wasted on your dad. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, my brain is stuck on Gerard Butler, professor of symbology, and I can't stop thinking. <laughs> so, um, he it's, goes... it's good to see duty free representation in films, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so he he goes to he goes to meet his handler. At which point, as Jamie called it, Off his handler admit... free, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his handler admits to having delayed the fight to force for meeting. Um, <sighs> he wants him. The CIA is offering him basically any amount of money he wants to go to a job in Herat, Afghanistan, where he'll be. He basically his, his job is to build an airfield. Um, and to oversee like the construction of it and all that kind of stuff. You've done so. one potential war crime. Would you like to do another? To which Gerard Butler says, absolutely yes. Uh, he talks him into doing it by basically going, uh, like, hey, I-, I will give you enough money that you can put your daughter to university to study medicine. And what is Rem- a great Remind exchange. me again how the Scottish education system works, David. <laughs> 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 it's, worth, it's worth pointing out that his family are in London. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you know what it'll cost? About fucking thirty odd grand, and it'll be through the usual fucking student loans pish. So shut the yeah. fuck up. She doesn't need money to go to fucking university. 
But see, David, that's that's very convenient because he does say to his handler, it's not about the money, and he goes, I know, that's why I want you, because with you, it's not about the money. Like, they make it's, important it's about the racism. Like, yeah, they hammer <laughs> that one in. Um, so meanwhile, as this is going down, um, we get a lovely shot of, like, the smoking crater in the ground that was this episode. And there's, like, a helicopter circling overhead with, like, you know, um, serious Iranian, like, military commander and his second-in-command inside. And second-in-command saying, oh, fortunately, most of the radiation is trapped underground. Because, like, sure, all right, all that dust. Right, Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the explosion breached the surface of the uh, of the soil, which would have scattered that shit all over the place, by the way. So, uh, probably not, but okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, the, the the commander general, whatever he is, is going. The supreme leader is very upset. Um, he's demanding a public execution for the person responsible. Just like really layering it on, like with a trowel here. And um, the, the guys I love like, it well, when movies have, have stakes. Mm. And he <laughs> says, "What well, the, the the junior guy says? Well, we have been watching a journalist who's received leaked CIA information." And the the senior guy goes, "Well, do whatever it takes." So they snatch her from a hotel room. And, um, you know, the, the junior of the, the pair, like, you know, gets her in the room and basically shows her print out of her daughter from social media and goes, listen, I've got a daughter too. If you want to see her again, you're going to answer my questions. And this is where we get like the, oh, um, well, I've been investigating this, this like Swiss company um, where I can't find anyone who's associated with it. It's weird that they're working here, all this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, it's like the, this Swiss this Swiss uh, phone repair company only does work next to, like, nuclear power plants and military installations. It's like, mm. <laughs> to be fair, that's the only credible thing, because it's like the CIA would make the world's, like, most obvious, you know, like, stupid fucking yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. cutout company like that. The, the fucking Flowers by Irene van from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, he asks her for names. She says she doesn't have any. I think she's telling the truth. Is the film kind of establishes this. She just doesn't have names. Um, and he, like, you know, coldly leaves the room after telling her she's going to return home as a martyr sort of thing. Great. Okay. And um, there is a background bit. Basically, uh, you know, Tom accepts that he's going to do this. Meanwhile, there's a, 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 a translator... Tom? The uh, Jared Butler. Oh yeah, um, is, is his name Tom in the movie? I honestly did not get that. Genuinely, just... his name is Tom ha- Tom Harris, which just made me constantly think of Star Trek Voyager the entire fucking way through this thing. And if this film would have been improved with Tom Harris in it, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, so he, this film would have been improved is... by most things in it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so... mean, the fact that this film it manages to get away with being two hours long. When it's it really fucking didn't need yeah. to be. It, it should have had a break in the run. middle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so yeah, you so can get, get yourself get... delicious treats. Yeah, get yourself delicious pyramid bar at the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe buy a card for your daughter while you're at it. <laughs> uh, have we covered... I think that's so... before, before this scene, actually. Have we covered the scene where... Um, uh, the 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 Pakistani ISI guy is beating with like the Afghan. Oh no, we're getting to that. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. I'm I'm trying to tell this in an order that makes something approximating sense to the listener. It's uphill. Oh, why, why are you improving the film for them? It wasn't improved when <laughs> yeah. I fucking watched it. So, um, we 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 get this this side bit where there is a translator who is originally Afghani who's coming into Afghanistan, and there's another bit of schniff ideology going on here. He's going through customs, he's watching, like, a guy being detained and interrogated. 
and he puts his papers down on the counter and the guy's like, oh, what's your business? Why are you here in our country? And he's like, um, I'm with the International Red Crescent. We're digging some wells or doing some flood protection or something like this. And there's like this whole... Oh, he's protection. There we go. And the, um, yeah, the, the he's, guy... He's the brain man. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a bit where it looks like the guy's going to pull him up, but then the guy just stamps his passport and says, welcome, you know, uh, obey our laws, don't take any photographs. Uh, obey Sharia, Sharia law, law specifically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was really good. Obey Sharia law. Because like, that's yeah. what you say. When people come here, they say, obey British law. That's the normal <laughs> thing you'll hear from normal people. No, you say so, you, you tell people to obey like Sharia law because of all the no-go zones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's him in, and we just yeah. God help just... you if you arrive at London City Airport. <laughs> yeah, Mullah <laughs> Sadiq Khan is waiting for you by the entrance to Target. <laughs> so um, he then, as he gets in, he phones the same handler in Dubai. Turns out this guy works for CIA as well. He's just a translator. And they stress during the conversation. He's like, so I'm meeting this guy and I'm just to translate for him. And he's like, yes, that's all you're to do. And he's like, right, okay, cool. I can do that. I can translate and get any things he needs. And so that's us. And what I would love about this is we explicitly have a CIA operative getting access to Afghanistan through the pretext of being a member of the Red Crescent. For you, for anyone who doesn't know at home, listener, uh, the CIA had some moles in, um, you know, Afghanistan working with the Taliban. They gave them a bunch of information. In order to cover up for the moles, they claimed that they got it by spying via the Red Crescent, and this caused the Taliban. Wasn't it uh, um, vaccinations specifically? Yep. Yep. Uh, they claimed that they got it by spying as part of a vaccination program. That they leaked that. All of it was made up. The, the Red Crescent had nothing to do with the CIA, but uh, that resulted in the vaccination program being shut down and a bunch of Red Crescent workers getting murked. Um, so, you Very know, just, cool. just normal things. Uh, and this film is unironically showing, oh, yeah, the CIA do use the Red Crescent. And it's like, okay, sure, great, love it. That's fantastic. Um, again, dumb guy's idea of a smart guy's movie. It's fine. So, this film also says ISIS isn't real and was a CIA construct, so it's not all bad. um okay so that's like most of setup but now now we have one final piece to put in place here which is in a fucking room just somewhere we have a group of men who are titled on screen as the taliban leadership which is fucking (laughs) hilarious are talking to an isi agent who literally, my friends, is wearing a black turban and dressed in black just to kind of drive the point home that this is the villain of the piece. Also, and, he wears um, really cool sunglasses. He yeah. does. And I as thought he was Spider-Man for half the movie. I don't know why. Yeah. As he's made he conversation with he's like, It's like they, like they just drafted him out of a boy band or something. He's just way too <laughs> well, cool for this kind of film. He's, he's, always on, he's always on his motorbike somewhere. Yeah. 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 And they also, like, during this conversation where he's talking to the fucking leadership of Taliban, he looks down at his phone with dings and swipes right on a mess- uh, uh, like a dating app, you yeah. know, um, just, like, casually doing a Tinder whilst he's talking to the Taliban leadership. And he's played up as being... Basically, right, this film has two modes. You don't right? actually... You don't, you don't realise it, but that's actually the turban from Drive that he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> This film has two modes when it comes to depicting people from Afghanistan and Iran, which is either they are like kind of ignorant and gullible religious zealots or they're deeply cynical, world-weary people who may or may not be corrupted by Western excess. Like, that's it. That's the two modes this film has. And he is very much in the latter. He is another, like, oh, he's corrupted by 
you know, he's, there's meant to be like this contrast of the handler, like the handler is pretending he's corrupted by Dubai, but actually he's like a sincere Muslim convert, whereas this guy is pretending to be kind of sincere and devout, but he clearly just wants to get back to the West, and, you know, he's he's shown hooking up with Western women and all this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, we get it, the, the Pakistani intelligence services are the real villains of this piece, because of course they are. Anyway, um, they have a big conversation where like, oh, we need guns. And he's like, well, we'll see about getting you guns, but you guys need to get with the times and you need to like do a better job at representing yourselves on the international stage. All this stuff with like the, you know, you know, locking women out of universities is not a good look and all this kind of thing. And it's like, all right, okay. Yeah, the, the <laughs> threat there is basically, and we won't let you hide in our caves anymore if you don't do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Just fuck yeah. off. I mean, it, imagine, it, go, it, imagine going to the Taliban leadership and being like, you guys are kind of problematic. Yeah, <laughs> it's also like you know, the, the fucking the Taliban leadership are named people with an actual explicit like hierarchy and a way of doing business that this film no, doesn't bother to do it's the research some men for. who can't speak English sitting in a smoky room. That's all. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just gonna wander in there holding my the latest Marina Hyde column and saying you guys are looking so bad right now. <laughs> mm. And so, so here we've got our setup. And we, we, you know, we come to, uh, Tom arrives by like a fucking, you know, a small plane in the middle of, you know, the desert in Afghanistan. He's, you know, finally in the country where Kandahar is supposedly based. It's like fucking 45 actually... minutes into the fucking film. Yeah. And we, yeah. And um, he's met by his interpreter, who takes him back to the safe house, and it's all just very, like, whatever you need, I can get yeah, you. Um... Mo is like the only likable character in this yeah. entire fucking film. Yes! Yes, he is. Uh, and, and even then, they do him dirty. But so, they, they, yeah, they, as he's just said, his name is uh, Mohammed Daud, who just says, you know, call me Mo. Um, and basically, they, you know, they, they set up in the safe house and then all hell breaks loose because the German newspaper, having discovered that their journalist has been uplifted, decide to publish information she gave them, you know, because to honour her as the thing she would have wanted, as though she's already dead, which is just a nice little kind of kick under the table for against the whole, you know, uh, how dare you leak against our, uh, our government. Yeah, the moral kind of, of the thing. story is that, you like, we shouldn't have a free press or whistleblowers. Yeah. And they're really not subtle about it. Um, Dehumanise yourself that- and face to martyrdom. <laughs> no, no, that's, late, that's later in the film, David. Um, so what what's, what then happens is, uh, you know, Jared Butler's face, along with his little sidekick from earlier, gets plastered all over the media, and we cut to his uh, friend in Iran who stayed behind. Yeah, it's murk, so clever to stay behind. It's like, oh, we just detonated a nuclear device in Iran. Well, I'm just going to stay back here and, like, do the dishes before I leave. I don't know what yeah. the fuck was wrong with that guy. <clears throat> he was supposed to be cleaning the house. That's yeah. what he said. Like, you know, make sure you fucking like clean everything before you leave. Yeah, he's not even got a hazmat suit on. You don't want to be stuck with those MB me cleaning fees, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably had like a shit landlord so- that was like demanding professional cleaning before they could give up the apartment. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the CIA are known to be real sticklers about their safe houses, right? If you've not repainted the walls after you've got the blood on them, they don't want to know you. So, um, should just call spent- those fucking black ops plasterers. <laughs> you think you've got like a, a black ops landlord painter who just comes in and just slaps fucking matt white over all the light switches Very, yeah. <laughs> flies on the windowsill and everything Very do you reckon, do you reckon there's priced. like a, 
a very highly like locked down Facebook group for Black Ops style landlords <laughs> to complain about the Black Ops tenants. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the idea that the, uh, the 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 Black Ops painter is the only one who comes by with in, with a van pretending to be a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so now, to- <laughs> just painting a, a room in the middle of the night while wearing night vision goggles, and then the following morning you come in, it's like, what happened here? <laughs> and yeah, there is there is a Facebook group for the the Black Ops landlords, and there's inexplicably one shit poster in there just won't shut up about Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. <laughs> At this point, like, uh, you know, our hero's face is everywhere over the news, his cover is blown, and the mission in Hera- is aborted. Like, it's like, nope, we can't do it, we need to get you out of there. So his handler contacts, you know, his bosses at the CIA, and we can get a scene where the CIA bosses are having a conversation, and they're like... I love, I love that the fucking, the, the guy who was in the control room earlier phones his boss, and it's the guy from the control room in Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> his control room's all the way up, baby. Um... So they, they have a conversation. <laughs> the next I, Jason they, Bourne movie, we're all going to be on the lookout for pyramid bars in the background somewhere so we know it's in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine being like, you know, like fucking cast on the strength of how well you like stood in a bit room full of giant monitors. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> this one uh, like, has to stand next to a computer. <laughs> the audition process and they're like, right, okay, so your motivation is that like Jared Butler's passports just popped up on the grid in Afghanistan and the guy like pulls a shocked face. <laughs> yeah. no, it's Matt not a face, it's a soy face. <laughs> Matt Damon wearing one of those Donald Duck bills that says buy crypto on it for playing the next Jason Bourne. <laughs> Okay, uh, so for the end of this interview tape, we've just got, uh, yeah, I want you to imagine you're watching a Reaper drone doing, like, a strike on a bunch of Afghanis, and he just pulls a pog face, and I'm like, that's it, that's our guy, that's him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, they, so they have a conversation, and it, at first, the uh, the top guy's like, well, he's a cutout, he's blown, we can't really extract him, just, like, burn him, like, you know, toss Rip. him loose. But yeah. the, 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 the younger guy, and this is a bit of characterization, but does actually come in importantly. So he's like, well, wait, actually, sir, I've got a way to get him out. Um, that doesn't involve us in any way, shape or form. The British are currently doing an operation. British special forces are doing an, an operation over near Kandahar and they're due to do an extraction. That's the name of the hours. film. Yeah. <laughs> so if, it's not, it's not if just can... the British. They make sure to say it's 2-2 SAS, which is yeah, yeah. super army soldiers. No, it's, it, that's, so all, that's we the, all know. Uh, we all know that the British sent people in to bring out plane loads of like fucking uh, refugees, dogs. don't we? <laughs> oh well, again, that's more a, ideology. The twenty-two yeah. SES is the uh, is the reserves. It's David Davis standing on an airfield in Kandahar, <laughs> <laughs> escorting a single dead dog. <laughs> but yeah, so like the, the junior guys, like, listen, if if we can get him to Kandahar. Before Imagine they, they get off, like the, the then... SAS get halfway back with their plane full of dogs, and it turns out they're all XL bullies. <laughs> scramble a couple of like fucking like RAF guys to shoot them down. <laughs> but yeah, so the senior guys like, well, this doesn't involve us, and it does let you get the guy out. I okay, he approves it basically, and so there we have the plot of the film. The plot of the film, forty-five fucking minutes in 
is <laughs> Jared Butler needs to drive across Afghanistan to get to Kandahar in time to get on a plane while the SAS are pulling out. So I just, I, I, sorry, I, I just now I have the image like stuck in my head of uh, the SAS like throwing XL bullies out of the back of a plane like Pinochet with the choppers. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just remembered a line from uh, from the uh, like uh, Iranian leadership meet was it oh, whoever it was whoever it was where, <laughs> I've just this film slid completely off my brain apart from like a few bits like the pyramid bar for example um, where well, they're talking of course about it didn't slide it's pointy it's got grip indeed um, they're talking about the um, the like the blowing up of the <laughs> nuclear power plant whatever and uh they say only two people are capable of this I and mean, the americans or the israelis which to be fair they've gotten bang to rights there <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah so the, the plot of this film is all about a, ta- a tactical british and american withdrawal from afghanistan hmm. um which oh, and, by yes. the way like i don't know if we've made it completely clear yet but like this film is set like in this timeline, because yeah, the Americans have left think, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah so like, it's post departure. This, this, this is meant to be like last year, I guess. Real yeah. history? Question mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool. It's real all good. <laughs> so yeah, so this is where this is where the shit Mad Max bit really kicks off because they need to essentially evade all the people coming to get them because there are multiple groups that are after them. Um, there's the Pakistani intelligence agent is coming to get them. He's been told by his boss, go get this guy. We want him. Um, there's the fucking Iranians want them. And then there's the Taliban want them as well, because, um, the Taliban's position is if they get him, they can sell him essentially. So, you know, he's got three separate groups all gunning for him at the same time. The Gerard Butler auction. <laughs> and I, I have to say, on paper... One Gerard Butler going once, one Gerard Butler going twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, speaking of speaking of options, on paper, like, they took f- fucking 45 minutes to set it up, but on paper, a mad dash through Afghanistan where you've got three different groups after our protagonist, that sounds like it might actually be an interesting premise for an action film. And yet, Pretty stupid, no. bad politics. Right. And here I, I refer back to my statement at the very beginning, which is that I watched the very good uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, where they also have, like, a car chase sequence through Rome with, like, mm-hmm. three or four different interest groups all chasing after Tom Cruise, and that's really tightly shot and very exciting, whereas this is just boring as all fucking get out. Yeah, and I mean, also like, I could once, understand once what the... Tom Cruise was saying instead of Scottish mumblecore. Fucking god, that you see that this is um, subtitles on. Yeah, you see that this is an interesting premise for a film, but it's not really. This is what if the Coen Brothers went to the Chicago school? Yeah, <laughs> this is just. Um, it's just. What if like what if fucking sixteen blocks was set on an infinite radial plane? once they leave the fuck once they leave the town at the start they're just driving across a fucking like a flat desert while like street hawk chases after them ineffectually yeah <laughs> i'm just so, i'm, I'm really stuck now at the uh, the code brothers but going to the chicago school of economics instead <laughs> making really weird films in argentina during a certain period <laughs> yeah the frankfurter school <laughs> so they have the uh they have the obligatory oh we need to ditch the car and they have the obligatory, oh the ditch oh, in the car bit is a... fucking 
perfect. Like it's so good because they're in like a they're in a high end SUV because like in, which he does initially call out as being like suspicious. And Moles like no, well the Americans left fucking tons of these everywhere, so like everyone drives them. And then he's like, right, we need to ditch this thing. So uh, ditch even it. the drug dealers, Jamie, yeah. specifically says that. But they ditch it and they steal a fucking truck. And the, literally the second they pull away in the truck, the guy who owns the truck like starts shouting and running after them, and everyone immediately clocks them. And it's like it's like when in you're playing GTA and you're fucking like you've got four stars and you drive through the fucking paint shop and then like on your way out the other side crash into a police car. It's just <laughs> fucking absolutely incredible spy craft, you know. Mm. Um, they then, of course, get caught in a traffic jam outside that little market, and, um, and uh, they have like a road rage incident. Jared Butler has a road rage yeah. incident. Yeah, okay, it's highly relatable. And then there's the uh, for the divorced dad demographic, anyway. So, and then the uh, this at this point, like the Iranians are closing in on them, but so is the ISI agent on his bike, and he's kicking rad because he's got C four and yeah. uh, street like, talk. He, street talk does a terror does a terrorism. <laughs> yeah, he he drops a C four on the Iranian agent's car and blows it up because he doesn't want the Iranians to get you know our our lad Jerry before he can get him, uh, giving Jerry the time to get away. And if he hadn't been in fighting, he'd have been done for. But you know, fortunately, he he manages to escape, and it's like okay, cool, there we go. Uh, that entire sequence takes like what fifteen minutes? Yeah, and minutes, thus almost? and thus begins the period where I just fucking blacked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is also so where we're going to start hurrying the plot along because this is where like it just gets excruciatingly boring. Where the main so action bit of... is supposed to fucking take place. Good lord. So there are, there are a couple of edited highlights. Like, um, they, escape, they escape the place. Uh, Jared's like driving straight towards Kandahar at first. And the guy's like, yeah, just follow this road along. And then he decides to take a right because he's like, oh, if we just go direct, they'll intercept us. Um, they then so, immediately so they go right get, and intercepted. get immediately intercepted. Yep. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, what? Um, oh no we can't have them be effective at spycraft that'd be boring uh, then they get a flat which stops them driving along the road they have to stop yeah. at which point J- Jared with his like you know elf eyes spots that there's a little boy out in the desert oh the, um, yeah the, the little <laughs> yeah so this is ideology baby Tim the, Tim, he sees Tim the like the reflection yeah. of a scope you know the yeah. way like oh there's light glinting off the scope <laughs> and the kid's got a handgun and a detonator <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's young Han Solo, <laughs> Tiny Tim the terrorist. Yeah, it's very much like, please, sir. This, this Why kid you step can't on be my any older than, device. Yeah, he can't be any older than like ten or eleven, and he's small for his size as well. Um, he gets him to drop a detonator, and he detonates it. And it turns out there was a IED further along the road. So they hadn't stopped because of the flat, then they'd have been blown to smithereens. Yeah, and um, then Jared Butler says, you boy, what do you know? And then he says, all I know is war. <laughs> you boy, and what day is it? I don't know, sir. Every day is war day. Uh, Semtex day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, the ISAI agent who's on their trail catches up and finds the boy and interrogates him. Is like, so, uh, you know, you, you see boy, him? Like, what yes, day I is did. it? It's International Semtex day, sir. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the, the boy's like, um, you know, he says, what do you know? And he goes, I know how to use an AK-47. I know how to, you know, and talk about all this war stuff. And then the ISI agent does this big deep sigh and goes, have you ever read the Quran for yourself? And the little kid shakes his head and he goes, 
you should sometime you might find that what's written in there is very different from what they've told you and it's like all right we get it oh, <laughs> Pakistani intelligence Muslims are oh, very insightful Damn. movie yeah the Pakistani intelligence agent who's explicitly coded as the villain is uh, is a fucking I, like walk liberal we get it <laughs> ISI Dick Dawkins here just like being a uh, god delusion in the <laughs> mountains <laughs> See, I don't think that I don't think the guy's coded as the like as the villain, and I don't think this is meant to be an action film. I think it's meant to be like a, a big sort of like thoughtful piece for your dad yeah, to watch it's... and just like nod sagely <laughs> long about how yeah, Jared Butler's Jared like, Butler's do be like that. Everyone, everyone has their own motivations for trying to kill each other, and there's nothing we can really do about that. We just have to accept forever war as a natural consequence of the human like fucking endeavor. Yeah, it do be like that. They, they head on, we then get the interminable helicopter scene. Would anyone like to take uh, the helicopter uh, scene? Uh, it's, no. uh, it's, it's fucking Die Hard 4.0. It's just like fucking... But bad. Do you know what I mean? Even like, worse, I should say. They get chased yeah. by a helicopter in the night, and then they have to like get off the road because the car breaks. Uh, I mean, for one, you don't know what's going on, because this is the point where the well, movie turns yeah. entirely to black and white, but mainly black, with some it's, vague it's, notes of white somewhere. It's the it's very much like the modern trend of like filming like fucking the most realistic darkness you can. You know what? Sicario did a lot of fucking damage here because Sicario has that whole bit where it's like dark and then they got the night vision on and there's like really wonderfully intercut shots, very well cinematographically composed, where you've got like the dark with like you know you see stuff silhouetted, but you you can only make out shadows and shapes, but it's all very vivid. And then you've got like the night vision camera I parts think it's where the trips been, it's are moving. Been going on much longer than that. I think this is what kind of... Right, so here's... Let me trace the heritage of this Game shit. of I Thrones has a lot to answer for. <laughs> that too. That too. Oh, man. I think, yeah. I think the Sicario... I think that's that Sicario scene influenced um, Modern Warfare, which then influenced this shit. And it's been like a photocopy of a photocopy well, they, of a photocopy, Well, they do frankly. almost a direct... No, I think, like I say, like... I think films... Films being too dark for you to see anything that's fucking going on has been a problem for way longer than Sicario's been around. No, but they do the rip explicitly do off Sicario, like like earlier in the film as well, where they have like mm-hmm. the stupid traffic jam where uh, Gerard Butler's trying yep. to swap the drug dealer car, and they they rip in a very shitty way. They rip that like quite tense like traffic jam scene by the border in in Sicario One, which is quite like good, yeah. and this is like just dog shit. It's like stop reminding me of better movies. It it's very bad. Yeah. It's really very bad. I, I honestly didn't hate this as much as I hated fucking Sicario. I'll be, I'll say that much like. <laughs> Sicario is like poisonous because it's quite well shot, but it's like fucking evil. There's <laughs> nothing else to say for it. Whereas this is stupid. Shit. It's just stupid. It's just oh, stupid. And sorry, like, can I? I, I I'm just skimming the, the the Wikipedia of this for myself. Can I give you a partial reason? Hey, that's as my job. Wh- as to why this is probably <laughs> so very fucking uh, stupid. It's based on a spec script written by a, a former military intelligence officer called Mitchell La Fortune. <laughs> he based it on his experiences working for the defense intelligence agency and being deployed to afghanistan in 2013 during the snowden leaks (laughs) my name is mitchell la fortune this is my spec script This is my translator, Webler Fortune. <laughs> imagine, imagine being so so pissed off about being caught out doing war crimes that you're like, right, time to time to set the record straight about how good war crimes are. Mm. 
So, um, Jared Butler takes down the helicopter by, like, he realizes they use, he's got uh, night vision goggles, the helicopter pilot, etc. got night vision goggles. So what does he do? He does the most manly thing ever. He does a Luke Skywalker. He turns off his night vision goggles, uses, like, a a fucking flashbang and firing guns at the the helicopter to, like, blind the pilot as he's coming in low to strafe him, um, causing the pilot to crash the helicopter. (laughs) It's not a flashbang, it's it's just a regular fucking explosion. Yeah, it's just a grenade on the ground. That's sort of where the the, the flames managed oh, to burn makes, the helicopter. That makes me so annoyed because regular grenades don't have like a big flash. Oh, anyway, right, never mind. Sure, okay. Hollywood, whatever. Um, so yeah, they, they take out the helicopter and then here's an actual interesting bit in the film. Um, they decide that they're going to seek help from one of our contractors' old friends, a literal Afghan warlord. <laughs> Um, who's it, not associated with the it, governing Taliban? Was it Afghan? He's, he's uh, Tajik. I, I will, I will bow to you on this one, Jamie. I was. Just was it between? I think it was after this helicopter scene that there is a. There's the scene you have where you. Oh, uh, there's the fucking incredible scene where they're sat in the in the desert at night, and he's oh, yeah. talking, he's yeah, talking yeah, to him about his daughter, and he shows him a photo of his daughter, and it's like you're sitting in the dark, you prick, like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I couldn't see. We, we had like all the fucking lights out and we were all like shit, just pressed up against the fucking telly to get a glimpse of anything in the scene. And he's there like, here, look at this picture of my daughter. It's like, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but there's also there's also the bit where um, you learn that Jared Butler isn't racist because he gives uh, gives Mo his jacket so that he can pray. It's like, yeah. well done. Well done, Jerry. Not just oh, that. It, it, this how... is this is this is the full emotional core of the movie because I wrote this down at some point right before like Gerard wanders off basically in like a sort of an existential funk. Uh, well, they have the big heart to heart, and then at the end, like Jared Butler says to the other guy, "I am more comfortable with you than my own family." And she's like, "All right, get a room, you fucking two, Jesus." So it... Extremely divorced energy. There's also like they, they do this whole thing where he talks about that you know they had a translator during his deployment and that translator got screwed over and didn't get to come back and got executed. And so you know there's a personal stake in making sure this translator is done well by. It's like okay, right, sure. The uh, the colonizer's guilt is on display. Whatever. Um. So yeah, so they they go to they go to meet this warlord, and it turns out this is the warlord that killed Mo's killed Mo's son years ago. And they do like a whole scene with a warlord on learning this, hands Mo a loaded a, a loaded gun and basically says, Yeah, blow me away. And Yeah, Mo... it's 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 very much like these savages have a strange sense of honor that we perverted Westerners no longer possess. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. Uh Mo ultimately you know says a pretty good line, which is, um, God may not forgive you, but but I can forgive you, and like drops the you know, unloads a gun and drops it and walks out. Clearly, purely because he doesn't want to get Tom killed by taking his revenge. And um, then, you know, subsequently, wouldn't you believe it? The, uh, there's like, there's a little hint here that the warlord is maybe not on the up and up because he says, oh, if you come the day before, I had a helicopter, I could have like flown you, but uh, it's on loan to the, Af- uh, the what is it, the Afghan? Uh, Taliban, Afghani- Taliban. Taliban, yeah. Yeah, he uh, says and Taliban. That's, if, you're, if you have a brain that, that works for more than like a second, you can figure out, oh, that's the helicopter they just took out in a fight, meaning he's working with their enemy. Um, and wouldn't you know it, he then betrays them and hands yeah. them over to they do the have They do be having a strange sense of personal honor, but also don't trust the Arab, he will betray you. Yes. Um, <laughs> did Mustache Dad die in the helicopter crash, by the way? Because I just noticed that like, I, 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 he sort of disappeared, and then at the end of the film, like his wife was like crying, and I was like, oh, did he die then? Yeah, that. he died in the helicopter, but like very anticlimactically, because right. he's supposed to be one of like three end bosses. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, well, to be fair, you couldn't see what the fuck was going on in that entire helicopter scene, so I wasn't sure if it was him. <laughs> yeah. So, um, meanwhile, right, there's time for B-plot. Roman, the uh, handler who is a sincere Muslim convert, stops, he goes rogue, stops communicating with the CIA, and arrives in Afghanistan to join an ISIS-K unit. Um, I like that the um, the fucking, the two, like, control room guys are, like, having a conversation, and one of them's like, have you heard from your man? And he's like, no, should I be worried? And he's like, well, yeah, do you not think you would be interested? <laughs> and then it turns out he's gone to join, like, fucking ISIS. Except it turns out that ISIS, and this is a bit that David loves, the ISIS unit is actually a bunch of Afghan SF commandos being paid by the CIA who are fronting as ISIS. So we have this film straight up shows you that, like, you know, some of the crimes of ISIS are actually caused by the CIA. Hmm, politics. Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah, they're a yeah. funny old bunch. <laughs> I do like that, like, That's some the thing, of though, these... This film, this film shows you a bunch of stuff that in the hands of, like, a fucking... You know, well, in... in I'm not even going to say like the hands of a better director, but in the hands of like a fucking better, a better set of producers, would mm. be used to like be quite damning about like American foreign policy. Yes, but it instead yeah. is like I said, like I said, presented as just well, that's just the way the world works. You better grow it's up for, and like fucking and realize that every that's sentence how is appended done. with the words, and it's good actually. It's yeah. it's the odd of cinema basically. <laughs> like, it's just it's just a film that notices yeah. things. My my favorite uh, bit of all this of is like because um, uh, uh, this is you you just mentioned that it's like it's ISIS but no ISIS. But they rock up you know where uh, with the with the big black you know the the famous uh, ISIS flags. But then some other bunch of people who I think belong to the Taliban have the exact same flag but in like mirror they have it in white with black writing on it. I'm like that is the laziest fucking shit. <laughs> He didn't yeah, even use even... The, the 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 new ISIS flag, which is a very funny looking flag. I don't even think that like I don't yeah. even think the film notices stuff or even says like it's odd or whatever. It just presents it as like these are the just the facts of how the world like keeps turning. Do you know what I mean? If you can't ever stop people from doing wars, so like mm -hmm. you know, like he's even got a line where he says like you know like ancient wars were fought for spoils, but modern wars aren't meant to end. It's just, it's like, you know, it's, it's the, the film's here to just like tell fucking, you know, your average like bomb shagger that like, yeah, it is very sad that all this stuff goes on and it ruins so many lives. But what can you <laughs> it's do? It's the 9-11 kids book, but for forever war. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid, but for your da. Essentially, it's like, oh, war and soldiers and honor and virtue and war is perpetual and uh, it never and all this kind of shit. And it's like, yeah, all right, whatever, fine. Um, anyway, right, so uh, wouldn't you know it, Roman rescues them. Um, they should have got them. Ron Perlman in to say war never changes. Woulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda. So they get, they get rescued by not ISIS just Wait. as... Um, go on. No, just like, you say they get rescued but not ISIS, but who is controlling them at that point? Who has them in prison? Yeah, we, we skipped, we skipped, last last we were talking about the plot, they were like the fucking, they, they got the van off the guy and like drove off and... But were betrayed, I said. So, yeah, no, he hands them over to the Taliban, the Taliban have got them, and then yep. not ISIS turns up to break them out. Just to be Not clear. ISIS turns up. While the um, fucking ISI guy and all of his goons are just kind of like watching from a distance... 
and are like obviously involved in some way, but are just kind of off to the side. No, they they just turned up. They were coming to buy him, and then they turn up just in time to watch him getting broken out. And he's like, "Okay, drive. Ignore the big firefight going on. Let's drive after the guys who are obviously escaping." Yeah, and that leads my point us to is, final, like, everyone is heel. <laughs> So anyway, um, we then get like the Mad Max like chase essentially towards the border, um, and you know to the Kandahar airport, where essentially we've got our, um, our our ISI dude is like in a truck with his bike explicitly in the back, and he's got a driver who's helping him, and then he's like machine gunning through the window and then kicking out the window to attack a vehicle that three of them are fleeing in. We've got uh, you know Jared Butler, we've got Mo, and we've got Roman. Um, are all kind of fleeing. Roman like climbs up out of the sunroof and starts like machine gunning back, but he takes a really bad bullet. He's not long for this earth. Um, so what happens is he throws himself, uh, this is Roman, <laughs> throws himself out of the vehicle while bleeding because he's not going to make it. And, <laughs> Just um, sick of being you know, in the film, film really. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. writes himself out. And he, uh, you know, he basically lying on the road, machine guns the big truck when it gets close and slows him up and buys his friends time to escape. Who nevertheless Except... fucking stop. No, yeah. no, no. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have to pick this up because that's not quite what happens. What happens is like he takes last shots while he's obviously dying of a gutshot wound. And then he starts doing the Shahada. And it's just it like it's just a mockery of all culture basically this is something only americans could do to think that this guy's a fucking hero like the dubai based cutout spook is actually a really faithful muslim it's fucking it's disgusting on so many levels listen, that I'm not even really listen, listen just like the queen he said the shahada as he was dying that's all that's required that's <laughs> that, that is true yeah even now he's looking down from the gardens of jana <laughs> But the um, what's great is they actually they stop their car and watch him on the road, like rather than taking the opportunities yeah, given them to drive go, away. They were going to go back until he got <laughs> shot another eight times, and then they were like, yeah, "Probably just leave that. <laughs> probably not worth it now." <laughs> so they drive away towards the extraction point, and meanwhile, um, ISI guys like, "Okay, grab my uh, bike from the back," and so he gets on his motorbike again, which is how we know that he's upped his coolness level for the final confrontation. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they start approaching the fence and we get a, a glimpse of the airfield and we see like the SAS and we find out what they're actually doing there, which is apparently extracting refugees, question mark. David, can you expa- explain this, make sense of us? No. What, what, what the no. fuck did you turn to me for that? I don't fucking know what they're doing. Well, you're no, the military man of this outfit. Yeah, they've got to pick fucking poppies. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We've got yeah, three bit... more men on this trip. There's got to be a better way to get poppies for, for Remembrance Day. <laughs> yeah, for Remembrance Day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they do, they do have like well, a actually, this is this of... is where also where you get all the shots. This is where you get like sort of really shit Mad Max because this is like there's like a mm-hmm. Taliban convoy coming from the west, and there's the doof wagon coming from the east, and there's some other yeah. fucking co- coming from another side, and they're all converging on the ex CIA. This is like the worst. Like, and also everybody, including the Taliban, knows that the SAS is there and is about to like take off as a people. They just don't care, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, then, um, and they very helpfully drive towards each other in a in a column like shape. 
Yeah, yeah. I would simply have drove towards the plane. Yeah. yeah. It's great uh, though because like fucking boy band like rings the Taliban. And says, just just stop a minute, lads. I'll deal with this. And then gets into the stupidest gunfight I've ever seen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so wait, we're actually missing. Neither detail, of them were is... actually trained in gun kata, unfortunately. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. that would have turned out differently. Hold hold the thought. So to set the scene, so they're driving up to the, the gate, and there's a, one of the convoys fires a rocket launcher, and which hits. It drives the car alongside in. them to launch yeah, a yeah. suddenly, at the car. suddenly alongside them and then disappears again afterwards. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's so good. But they, they hit their driving they hit a their fucking truck. driving a blink mobile. Yeah. <laughs> they they hit their they hit their, their car with a rocket launcher and fucking it spins into Doc the Doc Brown and Marty McFly just appearing in like a burst of light, firing one <laughs> RPG and then disappearing again. <laughs> yeah. So their car gets hit by a rocket launcher, like, oh, it's going to be a downbeat ending then, because of course no one survives your fucking car being hit by a rocket launcher. That's but they, no. only, they only got the only got the engine block. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's how that works, right? Um, so you know, are they not driving? Like, what are they driving at that point? Is it a, is it a Land Cruiser? Fucking high. It's a Land Cruiser, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not cruiser. even a fucking Hilux. All right, oh yeah, we'll fucking rip them. They should be dead. Yeah. Well, very, no, because it wasn't. Deep. Maybe it wasn't a high explosive rocket. Maybe the rocket just had like cool flip written on the side of it. <laughs> fire it. The truck does a fucking sick endo. The, the guy like look, the guy's driving alongside, and he goes crowd control, and the rocket launcher goes and he goes hmm okay incendiary. The rocket launcher goes he goes cool flip, and he gets like a ding, and he fires Doppler yeah. effect coconut mold or MP3 players. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk's Taliban Underground, the rarely sold sequel. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I'd love to hear the soundtrack on that fucking game. (laughs) Something else. So Mo is Mo is badly fucked up, but he's alive. Um, Our hero is still able to stagger upright out of the wreckage, though. As uh, our 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 bike man comes towards him, and here we get stupid gun catter. Do you want to do you want to describe this one, Jamie? Because I, mean, I I'm in awe. Frankly, it's literally just a fucking. It's like you know what I mean. What if like an old timey duel started with you thirty paces apart? They just walk towards each other, firing the guns, like... <laughs> and not even in an enthusiastic fashion either. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a brisk pace. Just... Both of them yeah, have realised sort of... that this is a bad but unavoidable idea after they've started it. Yeah, they're just sort of staggering towards each other, like occasionally firing the gun, like. It's it's bizarre. Until Jared Butler manages, he lands a shot which goes through the side of the guy's neck and downs him. Um, he goes back now. He goes back to the car, drags Mo out, and they're like, "Oh, we're fucked because the Taliban and their convoys are closing in." Yeah, and, and then fucking um, Jason Jason Bourne's like fucking mate just says like, "Right, what's 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 the?" Because they're watching everything through a Reaper drone. And he's like, "What what's on the Reaper drone?" And the other guy's like, "It's got like fucking sidewinder missiles or some bullshit." Hellfires is hellfires. And like fucking, and the guy's like, right, just fucking light them up. And he's like, well, we don't have the authority. And he's like, well, they can fire me. And it's like, well, heroic man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What a guy putting, wow. his, putting his fucking career on the line to, yeah, to do, do a, a war, war crime. crime yeah. <laughs> yeah. As if and... doing the war crime wouldn't put his fucking career on the line anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. But... And so they, they, they light up the Taliban convoy, saving the day. And that allows, you know, Tom to drag him over into the airfield and they get onto. Plane, You've got to stop to calling him home. Tom. It's it's like his name is Jerry Racewall. Yeah, there you go. And and that's 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 the that's the main crux of it. There's the denouement, obviously, where he gets back to see his daughter at the airport. But uh, because because this is an Amazon original uh, original, the sequel hooks. 
Are there? Because I didn't catch them. I'm they, my brain they say they're going to gonna come back to Kandahar like... 2, Kabul. Because <laughs> Moore is there to look for his sister. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Kandahar 2, Kandaharder, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah, because Mo still has to rescue Larry and Curly from the clasps of some painters. <laughs> but yeah, Mo, Mo is only there to try and look for his sister-in-law, which he obviously doesn't get to do once they have to like flee. So like, fucking Jerry th- like says he'll come back and help him. And also, you see like fucking when boy bands lie and bleeding from the neck, he gets a big fucking band aid out and just slaps it on himself. Yeah, he lives. <laughs> Yeah, he, he has, like, proper uh, video game uh, uh, healing abilities. Just slap a patch yeah. on it and you're fine. He was just like, it was like he was from a different film. It was just like, do you think there was an earlier draft of this where it was a bit more, like, fucking insane and John Wick? And then they just, like, they go, no, it's got to be serious dar porn. And then, like, fucking this one guy survives with his weird motorbike and everything. I think it's going to be filming yeah. a Bollywood action film in the next lot. And, like, he just walked <laughs> onto the wrong one and they just went, I think we'll roll with it. <laughs> Cause just him, him being driven around in a truck with a like where his bike fires out the back like he's in a fucking like kids show yeah. from the eighties or something is just <laughs> absolutely fucking baffling to me. Honestly, see if you put like four more angles, slow motion, and some really really interesting music over that, it would be Bollywood. Mm, it's true, but yeah. So I think that de- like Amazon are definitely hoping it becomes a fucking franchise. I mean, if there's any fucking justice in this world, it absolutely wouldn't. That was interminable. It was awful. Well, has any has anything Amazon have made, like in this, like in their fucking you know big Amazon original thing, actually managed to become a franchise? Um, because uh, as far as I know, they're not following up on the promise of like a Rainbow Six film after like Tom Clancy's like No Regrets or whatever the fuck that was called. Oh, the mm. one with Michael jo- Michael B. Jordan, who really fucking let mm. the side down. That was a shit house. Yeah, with shit the house movie. with the fucking post credit scene where he says he's going to set up Rainbow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just looked at the critical response to this film, and apparently it's 45% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and on yeah, the consensus says, Jared Butler remains a sturdy screen presence, but even for hardcore action fans, Kandahar is hardly worth watching. And well, again, because it's, uh, it's, not, it's not an action film. It's a, like, I fucking... Know. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's for, like... It's for, like, people who own the world at war on box set but don't really understand it to watch and just like fuck do you know what i mean it's that kind of like yes like manly men must like you know those fucking facebook memes about how like you only sleep soundly in your bed because like some guy is like out fucking murdering people on your behalf or whatever yeah because rough men it's yeah Yeah. it's very much the because rough men secretly want to sleep with you no no i mean protect you uh that kind of thing yeah like it's yeah, the, the thing, though, it's like the really good line in True Detective, which is showing you how fucked up the protagonists are, is taken unironically, you know, where it's like, uh, do you ever think you're a bad man? World needs bad men, Marty, keep wolves from the door. It's like, you know, it's like that, but unironically, without any layers of nuance and, like, you know, revealing. It's just like, yeah, that is how the world is. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love that shit. I'm, I'm um, going to say I'm, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed, though, because, like, the fucking... It's by the director that did Angel Has Fallen, and I actually liked Angel Has Fallen, where he pulled off this whole, like, what is the fucking point of any of this shit vibe by the end <laughs> quite well. Do you know what I mean? Where he, like, stabs his old mate who's turned into a fucking international terrorist or whatever, and then they both just sit there on the roof, sick of their fucking lives. Like, that was a much, that was a much, that nailed the fucking vibe of, like, what is the point of all of this, like, hard man shit? Much better than, like, here, where it feels... Maybe, maybe it's because he also wrote for Angel Has Fallen, but not for Kandahar. Yeah, it could be. Because, like I say, 
there's a lot of stuff in like Sean in Kandahar that in like do you know what I mean? In a different film, would you would you would go? Yeah, it's actually really good that they showed you that like you know the the CIA guy is literally like calls the fucking warlord his brother and then has to apologize to the translator whose kid was killed mm-hmm. and like you know all these other fuck like all this other shit where it's like oh yeah the Americans do cause more problems than they've ever fucking solved in the world but it's again it, like, the film has no judgment on it it just sort of shows you these things because that is the nature of the world and nothing we can do to change that so we might as well just accept it and and go to bed thankful that like rough hairy men are like out here doing war crimes on our behalf (laughs) men on loan to the cia are doing uh, the gritty work you don't want to know about (laughs) well yeah whilst you you, whilst when you the listener turn in tonight just know that somewhere out there in the dark gerald butler is doing mumble call with some other guy you can't fucking see him out there out there in the pitch black of a fucking like pristine sky for fucking star watching area, Jared Butler is showing a fucking man a photo of his daughter. Is it a glow in the dark photo, Jared? What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> this is why it is a fifty-two out of a hundred on Metacritic. It's not even. Um, it's like he surely he could just show a photo on his phone and you saw. But it's an actual fucking like photo that he gets out of his wallet, like a prick. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be anything. You could be showing him like the fucking like the, the photo of the family that came with the wallet for all he knows. It's fucking like pitch black there. Also, I really like the idea that this guy because at some point came during, with the wallet. <laughs> during during the movie, he also mentions that at some point like yeah, I did because uh, this is where he does the whole speech about like how translators are actually like the bravest boys, even braver than the troops. Mm. And it's just like no, they're just snitches. Um, but you know, they, 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 but he he does this thing about like yeah, yeah, I did six tours, six fucking tours and that's why on tour number seven i bring a photo of my actual family for when i do these illegal <laughs> operations yeah just actually do you know what I, I i was i was so fucking not paying attention by the end but does the does the peanut card survive the who i don't think he actually buys it does he who? He does because you see him in the car on the way to the. I'll go the find out. Hang you on. see him in the car on the way to the Viking guy's house, like struggling to, to know what to write in the card. It's a graduation card, mate. It's not a fucking apology. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> How are you struggling for the words to like? Just you just write well done. You know, I knew you could make it through school. Not many people do. Not many people get to the end of school, but I knew you were special. And that's why I bought you a card with a peanut on and, like, was too cheap to get a pyramid bar. Because everyone knows kids love pyramid bar. I love it if he turned up at the airport at the end and his daughter was there, clearly wanting to be anywhere else. And she's like, all right, Dad, how are you fucking doing? Because he's missing her entire life sort of thing. And he's like, oh, I got you a card. And she's like, did you yeah, get me a airport, pyramid bar? <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, that is like the thing. If like your wife has almost abandoned you, and like your your daughter presumably hates you anyway, it's like, oh, I'll just. It, it's also like that's also a broken dad thing. It's like, oh, I can fix this. I'll just buy them a pyramid bar, and that'll do the job of you know decades of neglect. Your pyramid bar oh, is the chocolate of forgiveness. <laughs> something something else that we haven't mentioned, by the way. <laughs> Um, is the fucking music in this film is so oh, weird? Jesus, yeah. Yes, the, the fucking <laughs> subtitles were subtitling the lyrics to the soundtrack. And were they? Was one yeah. song in particular that was fucking insane. Like the lyrics were just like the maddest shit I've ever fucking. I was like, what the fuck? It was like someone was trying to activate the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I honestly, like, listen, listening to the music for this, a, a part of me was like, did. 
like is there some producers like nephews getting like paid from this because that's the only way i can rationalize oh, it's, the... Were... <laughs> it's three... the guy who did the music for angel has fallen as well oh no <laughs> yeah but like th- who did the three songs that played over the fucking montages because they were fucking dreadful <laughs> Also, I just want I just want to add, how the fuck is Jared Butler making so many fucking films in like, like is this the second film he's made this year? What am I, his fucking agent? <laughs> <laughs> also, the most incredible thing is is like at the closing end of the scene, because like we have to wrap it up properly. Um it, it the most baffling this is maybe one of the most baffling choices is like the the final voiceover that like hammers the message home because yeah. obviously your dad's too stupid to get it is given by like the head of Iranian intelligence I think and yeah. It, it, <laughs> oh yeah it's like you oh, s- I've forgotten this you yeah, see the all guys. the people who like lived through the movie like come home and like the mustache yeah. man who died in the helicopter like this this guy is like giving back the guy's wedding ring to his his grieving widow and stuff and then at some point it's it, he just says you have to return home to know what you are fighting for it's like but, yeah but why is the iranians t- telling me this i mean they should because you know they're the real heroes of this movie i like the i like the bit in that where it's like oh yeah the the uh the afghans said you could like have you you have your husband's corpse back it's like what the fuck were they gonna do with it otherwise do you know what i mean oh hang it hang it from scaffolding jamie by the road as a warning sign to new arrivals <laughs> we missed that bit as well yeah I just went back and had a look. Um, the peanut card does not feature at the end. Um, <laughs> instead, what we get is Gerald Butler saying to his daughter, you're getting big, to which she then admonishes him, and then he goes, oh, okay, and then they hug, and that's, that's yeah. it. That's, that's your yeah, emotional core of yeah, the film. Being a I remember, shit I remember her saying. I remember her saying, you shouldn't tell your teenage daughter she's getting big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, <laughs> massive divorced dad energy. It's like no, yeah. you know, it's just like teaching all the the divorced dads watching this. It's like you're not allowed to talk about like your daughter growing How up in that your way. Daughter is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this she's is also such, got this a very so... unconvincing Scottish accent. I've got to say. Oh, don't even fucking start. Well, she's, don't, she's don't, not a lone man, is she? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I'm in a glass house. I shouldn't throw stones there either. But what can you say? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, even at the, the start, respectable when he's case talk- of terminal cangitis. <laughs> even at the start, when he's on the phone to his wife and they're talking about him coming back to London in time for the graduation, I still couldn't tell if he was meant to be American. <laughs> no. And then, like, it wasn't until they actually said, "Oh, he's on loan from MI6," and I went, "Oh, right, okay, David will be fucking loving this then." <laughs> Honestly, the entire time I was watching so this, at the time, time I was watching this, I was like, "David's gonna love this. This is fantastic." Because you called it, David. You said it is everything you said it would be and more. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say for Gerald Butler, at least he's not doing sanitised Scottish. He's just doing bad American. It doesn't matter how hard he's trying not to do that. That's what he's always doing now because he's just locked himself into it. Can he be a real guy anymore? (laughs) Apparently it was released in cinema, by the way. It had a limited run and made 9.1 million. So, uh... I better be doing well on Amazon Prime, mate. Well, I mean, Oof. that's more than I've made this year. <laughs> I'd be happy with that if I was there. I'm trying to find out how much it cost. If you can't find that out, that's a bad sign. <laughs> no, I can't. Nope. Apparently, they released it alongside The Little Mermaid, so that was clearly the, you know, your daughter can go see that film, and you can... 
Yeah, send all the women, send all the women into the Little Mermaid, and your dad can go uh, go watch this. <laughs> Honest to God, like if my dad was still alive, I don't think he'd have liked this. Like it's just not good. Yeah, this the, the, the sequel to this is going to be rescuing Bo and Curly from the Underseas Kingdom, ruled by a tyrannical <laughs> Islam queen. <laughs> Oh, I just I, I, I hate this. I, I, I don't like. Jennifer you know, you know, Rob. They, they do say they do say that Satan's throne is upon the waters. So you know, you might be onto something there. Just like go fantasy with, with a sequel. What's the worst that could happen? What What is the next Gerald Butler film we've got coming up? Someone, someone, check his ah, IMDb. I want to know what the next fucking poison I'm going to need to swallow is. Right, <laughs> hold on then. This is the sound of okay. a million <laughs> podcasters googling. <laughs> <laughs> Not with a bang, but with a whimper. Right, so... Um, Not with a bang, but with a wimpy. Den of Thieves <laughs> 2, Pantera. Um, Naya, Legend of a Golden Dolphin. Um, and the, he's a producer on a film called The Bricklayer? No! Oh, I just looked up myself. No, there's a second Greenland... Yeah, Greenland, colon, migration. Oh. That should be good. <laughs> I don't think did we saw the original, actually. Did we do Greenland on the pod? I don't think we I did. We did Geostorm, didn't we? We did Geostorm. We should do Greenland. It's he's in something terrible. called he's in something called All Star Weekend as Russian gymnast fan. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a big big role. <laughs> is then he's like, a Russian wanna... who is a gymnast fan, or he's a fan of Russian gymnasts because those are different. Energies. One of yeah, one of those is very creepy sounding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so David is uh, is Greenland as bad as it sounds on the face? Greenland it, like... fucking sucks. The plot already sounds do, like, incredible. A... Like huge, or, I... huge slam on Greenland out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all Not one fucking from green. That. Yeah. <laughs> False advertising. Um, should we should we do like a, a two part event? Like when the sequel gets really full, we'll do Greenland. No. Greenland too. No, we should. No. <laughs> shan't. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? No, unless you all really fucking annoy me, in which case, yes. <laughs> all right. So I we am, are. Doing I am this. never doing more than one fucking Jared Butler number in a row ever again. Like that's fucking... fair enough. Yeah. The right, Has Fallen sure. trilogy was enough for one lifetime. Just come back onto the next Andor recorder and then we'll do Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy killing myself that day. <laughs> uh, on the note uh, of Andor, no. seeing as we're yeah, fucking killing this, I, I, I am just... I, promises, yeah, promises. Like you, you can't make me You can't make me edit a three-hour-long episode. You can't yeah. do that. Why don't you um, come over to David's some house point, and do for him, you fucking coward? Yes, that's what to do. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you hear that? All listeners are now invited to David's house. It'll be like a sequel no. to that stupid party movie. No, um, but you can edit it. Um, feel free. Do you know what to do? Record it as well. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Why don't you make your own Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I will get that out at some point soon. I am trying to sit down and get it edited. Um, apologies for the delay. It is really fucking starting to annoy me as well. Uh, we've got three recorded and two more planned. <laughs> yeah, there'll so. be five more by the time I'm done with that fucking piece of shit. No, um. it won't. It will be two more recordings and that is it. 
Anyway, uh, with that all out of the way, uh, you, whatever, you know what the deal is. Go get us at patreon.com uh, forward slash praxis cast. Yeah. No, I think, I think James should yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that you. I love that you. You got halfway through the name of the podcast before you've got unsure there. <laughs> yeah. So you can find us on twitch.tv forward slash praxiscast on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But do check our Twitter. I don't know if you pronounce that properly. I think it's praxiscast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was doubting whether I was pronouncing it properly, but the yeah. doubt cancelled each other out. So add as many um, A's yes. in that line in that email address as you want. It's not an email address, it's email a web address. address. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Fucking hell, man. Oh, man. Uh, he has one night any... He has one night at the fucking pre-war cinema and just forget how the modern world works. Yeah, send, send any complaints to twitch.tv forward slash praxiscast. <laughs> you can email us at twitter.com. Anyway, right, so... It, Oh, should should I retake that or are we leaving that in? Probably, Probably should start again would be my my feeling on the matter. Like it's just a All punch. Right. Hello and welcome to podcasting as practice. <laughs> Fuck off. All <laughs> oh, right. So yeah, I think that's going to do us for tonight. Um, you can catch us on Wednesdays and Thursdays on twitch.tv forward slash PraxisCast. Though do check our Twitter and our Blue Sky to see when we're going live. Don't um, check the Twitter. Don't can... use Twitter. It's bad. Well, what you can do, however, is use our Discord by going to patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast, where you can subscribe, um, become patrons, enjoy our bonus content, and get on our Discord to, you know, annoy David, or maybe provide him with surrogate, you know, Twitter content. Who knows? Um, or, or be told also... when the streams are. Or yeah. be told when the streams are, that's true. And get, like, and... behind-the-scenes clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got quite a few of them. Some of them are very we good. Ne- we, never um... fucking, we never fucking plug the behind-the-scenes the behind the clips, do we? No. Well, we're because they're not very good. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't make it into the episodes. (laughs) Some of those are timeless classics, (laughs) but most of the most of the timeless classics are on YouTube. Yeah, Um, you can also, if you are so inclined, I'm uh, I'm selling the chart. There's actually like fucking hundreds of the fucking things in the bonus zones here, and and some of them are quite incredible. Yeah. Come hear us make loads of fucking mistakes and then howl like Gibbons for 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> instead of actually asking, starting the episode. You may be asking how that is different to the actual podcast you listen to. Come and find out. Um, <laughs> is that the little fucking pedal fuck bin from Star Wars that's like screaming at you? Like, Charlie Brown's peanuts. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like the little pedal bin from, from, from Ashoka. And if you are so inclined, you can clad your filthy dying body in the regalia of podcasting's praxis by going to praxiscast.tml.com. Yeah. This is the um, longest outro we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they use the word regalia, so... Yeah, <laughs> now we have to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of touch a class to proceedings. Exactly. I want now to go I have home. To Im- yeah. <laughs> Well, you have to go home to remember why you fight. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, every time I come home, I want to fight you all. Anyway, um, you, have to re- you have to return to know what you are home to know what you are podcasting for. Bye. 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 But Bye. Doctor, I am home, said David. Bye. Bye.
Bye. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Rob choking on his own hilarity. <laughs> <laughs>